The Hornets make a few roster moves before the weekend. The deadline to extend P.J. Washington is approaching, and Doug and I share our three biggest questions heading into the regular season. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. I'm coming off a Carolina Panthers game that it's just getting so bad to watch, Doug. It's not fun. Um, We know that there's not the greatest of expectations for this Hornets team, but it is the start of the season this week. We have a couple more days to go. Wednesday, we'll see actual Hornets regular season basketball. They'll take on the Spurs, and then it'll be the home opener, which you're going to be attending. You're going to be here in Charlotte. It's going to be awesome. That'll be taking place against the Pellies on Friday. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for the home opener. Excited to be there. Uh, and hopefully I bring some luck. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm a good luck charm, that when I'm in Charlotte, they win. So we'll see. Yeah, I was waiting. When's the last time you've been in the Spectrum Center? It's been a long time for you. Uh yeah, been been multiple years now. Yeah, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm gonna yeah. be. It's gonna feel just like home. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Hopefully, they can get a dub for us, and we're gonna talk about some of the questions that we have. So we have divvied it down six total. I have my three questions. Doug has his three questions. We'll get to his in just a moment. It seems selfish that I'm going first, but we'll just do that. That's just how it kind of all played out. So I'll go with the first three questions, Doug. I think we probably share this one. We are very intrigued to see what LaMelo Ball is going to do this year. And this question comes in, how much will LaMelo improve? Because I think this is the all-encompassing question, regardless of what route you want to take, right? If you want to tank for Webb and Yama, and you want to have the LaMelo drama for Webb and Yama, then you still want LaMelo to be good. Right? right, because it's still it's still not going to be enough. If Lamelo's awesome and he, I don't know, make up a, a an improved stat line, let's go twenty four points per game, and let's just keep it at seven and seven rebounds, assist. Still not going to be enough to vault them all the way out of you know a possible number one spot. They can be bad if they want to. They can trade Terry Rozier. They can trade Gordon Hayward. Whatever route they want to take. You still want to see LaMelo improve because the whole point of tanking for Wembenyama and or Scoot Henderson would be to put that player alongside an already foundational piece that you have with this roster. And of course, you hope that LaMelo stays and you can sell him on that vision. I just think regardless of if you're trying to win now, whether you're trying to tank, you all you really want to see the improvement in the half court and just kind of go on what we all expect to to be an ascent for somebody that is a future star in this league i think how much will lamello improve i think that's my biggest question for this season terry rozier recently said that uh, he calls him the franchise just to remind him that you know terry rozier takes up a lot of oxygen on the offensive end but this is his this is lamello's team and and they will go as lamello goes and look, if if he raises his his scoring average to twenty four and, and seven and seven assists and rebounds, then then I think they if you keep Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward, this team is right. actually too good to tank at that point. You would have to make some if serious roster guys. gutting. Right. Yeah, right. you would have to gut the roster to to compensate for the fact that Lamelo 
would would raise his game. But but that's really what you hope is that LaMelo takes it to another level. The way he's going to do that is either one of two ways. One, he becomes an even better three-point shooter than he was last season. He was one of the better three-point shooters in the league, but, but he could take it to an elite status. Or he does make some improvements at the rim. He becomes more efficient, draws more fouls, gets to the free throw line, and knocks those down. Now, I didn't really, I didn't really see that um, in the preseason. Right. So maybe he's, maybe he's just not, not wanting to show all the tricks. Okay, I could understand that. But uh, you know, he's going to be injured for, you know, might, might miss a few games here. So we might be delayed in what we see from Lamelo Ball. His health, you know, will be a factor in this season as well. So we'll just have to see how he responds to the ankle injury. And, uh, yeah, but ultimately his improvement will be uh, vital for the franchise in, in whatever direction they take. Yeah, and that, that's my point. If, if they keep Gordon and Terry and they're trying to win right now, then, then sure. Maybe they're, they're trying to get into that play-in tournament. P.J. improves. LaMelo improves. The veterans stay the same. Gordon stays healthy. We'll get some of those are kind of baked into the larger picture, but all those are, are going to be interesting questions. Well, look, you know, and, and I think there's this interesting question about Steve Clifford, uh, this old head coach who's now the new head coach. He's on kind of a a team option kind of deal and and they may decide to, they may decide to move this in the, into the direction of a rebuild which is something that I don't know that Steve Clifford necessarily signed up for and it would be unfair to really hold him accountable if the team doesn't win if if that's not the direction the organization wants to go but if LaMelo also doesn't improve regardless of whether they they even contend for a play-in spot or they don't contend for a play-in spot. If Lamelo doesn't improve this season, uh, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't bode well for Steve Clifford's chance of of being the long-term answer and head coach for this team. Yeah, more so like how much will he improve? I think is the question that we mm-hmm. want to ask coming into the season. The second one, Doug, as we give you the top three for me, will the organization want to win this season as badly as the players? <laughs> so, is this an organization? that decides to trade Gordon Hayward and or Terry Rozier 10 games in 20 games in 30 right is there going to be a point where they pull the plug and say you know what this season is done we're going to go tank city and then we're going to go for women Yama or Scoot Henderson so the players they're going to try their hardest we all know players don't really tank it's the coaches it's the organization it's the high-ranking executives that decided to do that if they do trade Gordon Hayward with obviously the uh, objective to be getting off of that contract for sure then do they do it for another player to help them win a miles turner and a pacers trade comes to mind right like it, are you making that type of trade or are you just going for russell westbrook you buy him out get him off the roster and then decide to go the tanking mode but we haven't seen mitch Kupchak make in season trades that provided a huge impact M- montrez harrell was one last year and I love Montrez. I know you like Montrez too. It's still not the crazy big trade in order to really vault the right. Hornets up the standings. So does that finally happen? A big impact, whether it be good, whether it be bad for this team, do you have the big impact in season trade coming? That's my second question. Yeah. And do they wait too long to make that decision? You know, cause look, it starts in game one. They play the San Antonio Spurs, which uh, Vegas feels like is the favorite to have those, uh, you know, b- best odds, or I guess mm-hmm. tied for the best odds with with two other teams, but you know this this team, if they're healthy, I think is too talented to be in that bottom three. So you know they really have to make a judgment call v- fairly soon about whether or not they really want to to tear this thing down 
and and go after Webinyama or Scoot. The, the interesting thing to me is that through training camp, preseason, we haven't heard Steve Clifford give us the season expectations. Uh, Vegas, our friends at Bet Online, had uh, them at 36 and a half wins, I believe, before the preseason. I, I recently went back and looked. They're now down to 33 and a half, which is yeah. higher than the Pistons, high, certainly higher than the Spurs, but higher than the Magic in the East. So right now, uh, Vegas doesn't think this is the worst team in the Eastern Conference. So the, the Hornets have to make a decision and, and not get caught. So often this team gets really caught in the middle. And I don't think they can afford to do that with so much talent on the line in this year's upcoming draft. My next question, my final one before we get to yours, Doug, is there a baby bug that pleasantly surprises? Who is the youngin that comes up and actually uh, you know, proves to be worthy of a roster spot and also somebody that maybe we're pleasantly surprised to see? So I think that's probably like the first and second year guys. Uh, maybe when you're a third year NBA player, don't know if you're a baby bug anymore. I'm making these rules as I go up, but it's okay because here we are trying to figure it all out. So Mark Williams, okay, we, we all know he's got an opportunity to play. Steve Clifford might not have loved it at the beginning of preseason, but it's not like Mason Plumley and Nick Richards are insurmountable, despite Nick Richards improving. So, two, James Booknight. Steve Clifford is actively giving Booknight a ton of opportunity if preseason is any indicator, and he didn't do a whole lot with it. Now he had a good fourth quarter. He started to score more points, but Steve Clifford had been going to James Booknight. That was the player that was the first one off of the bench. So Booknight, Mark Williams, I, you know, I don't necessarily see that from Kai Jones, but is there a young player like that that can pleasantly surprise? I think that's a question that I have. Yeah, I mean, but you know, Book Knight and Mark Williams are both one injury away from all of a sudden being a major part of the rotation, and so you know, a lot of this is going to be luck and opportunity for them, and then what they do with it. I think you know, Book Knight might get some minutes here in the rotation early on, as the rotation typically is going to be ten or eleven guys, you know, to start the season, and then you know, by the end of the season, Clifford, if if he's still the same coach he was before you know, likes to get it down into a solid 10, maybe even 9 by by the end of the season. So Book Knight will have some opportunities early on, one would think, um, but he's still going to have the same problems he did last season, which is that he, you know, there's Kelly Oubre, there's Cody Martin, and Book Knight is not going to be looked at as a player that can be an answer at backup point guard. Uh, so even without LaMelo, you know, you're, you're moving up probably – Dennis Smith Jr., he's still on an unguaranteed deal. We don't know what the situation with that's going to be yet. Or, or maybe, you know, Kimball Walker's still hanging out there. My point is that Book Knight still has some work to do to convince the Hornets uh, that he, you know, deserves a, a legitimate spot in this rotation over some guys that give you uh, either super hot shooting from three or defense. So those are my three questions. Let's get to your three pressing questions. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Doug wants to know something about Miles Bridges. You know, we're going to talk about that later on in the show. That is a part of the big three that Doug has for you in store. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But not before we talk about Rocket Money. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200 plus. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money podcast talk. Nah, I was about to read 
the uh, Anchorman, about to do the Anchorman thing. I was about to talk Rocketman podcast talking points, and I read it beforehand because I know it's a little bit weird, and I still decided to mess up, but that's okay. You should still check out Rocket Money because you could save a lot of money on your subscriptions that you don't even necessarily want. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Doug's big three questions coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. They're running their rookies to Greensboro. They're driving them to Greensboro and then driving them back the same day to play in an NBA game. I cannot <laughs> wait until the Hornets load manage. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, you've been hard at work. I think on Friday you decided to go solo, right? You just did the solo show. I uh, know I had David. I'm glad you watched. I'm glad you decided did not. to check out the show. I checked out the most recent episode, and it looked like it might have been you for the first segment. I thought so. Was it just no, one it was, segment, and then? No, it was David. I must David have clicked Walker. on the wrong video. Yeah, we clicked on the wrong video. It was David Walker okay. and I. We did Fashion Friday. Uh, looked at these New Jersey leaks. Uh, so if you haven't seen the New Jersey leak, the city Jersey leak, that's right. Go back and check Friday show out. We talk all about it. Uh, yeah, man. It was a fun Shout show. out to David. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I clicked on the wrong video. I guess I saw something that you did solo uh, not too long ago, but also with David. So I apologize. Sorry, David. I will go back and watch it. Um, let's get to your three uh, questions that you have, Doug. Yeah, before we do that real quick, I just want to thank everybody for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. And you can make your second listen uh, game to game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on locked on NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. I mentioned that because on this show, I am responsible for the locked on nows that we do essentially a little 60 second breakdown of each regular season game, which I will be doing again this season and they will be featured on game to game. Uh, so definitely want to check out that out. Okay, here are my three questions. I'm going to start with the the sort of d- disappointing one, the the one that's wrapped up in a lot of uh, emotion and intrigue and just sadness all around, which is my, the Miles Bridges question. The mm-hmm. question is simple, and I don't know that we can even answer it here, but I think it. I just feel like it needs to be asked, or or at least needs to be sitting here as one of the questions, which is will Miles Bridges be a member of the Charlotte Hornets at any point this season. Again, impossible to answer. We don't know anything at this point uh, about what that trial situation is going to be. Uh, we've seen the images from uh, the, the the initial TMZ report. Everybody has opinions about it. Some people don't even uh, want to talk about it. Uh, but but that's that that will be sitting over top of this entire season until until the organization makes a statement about it. Yeah, and so Michelle Johnson also we did not talk about this. I don't know if you did with David, but there was another social media post from Michelle Johnson, and um, I'm trying to pull that up right now. Maybe I can pull it up a little bit later. But there was another social media post discussing more about the problems and, and the stress that is coming from this entire situation. Understandably so. We continue to see these things get continued during this process and we don't know if this is going to be something that allows miles bridges to come back i mean there is a very serious matter at hand with him you know turning himself uh, in for arrest what was this in june now you know for uh, felony domestic violence so yeah this is something that's really serious and 
there are obviously basketball implications as far as the Charlotte Hornets are understood, right? They don't know. They they lost a guy that they relied on a lot last year. I have no clue if he's going to play. And that's a question that's huge and also that we just don't have an answer to right now. Uh, yeah, so uh, moving on to my next question here, which I think is is worthy of discussing. Uh, will the players respond to old-slash-new head coach Steve Clifford's push to push the pace on offense and run back on defense? I mean, I think those those two principles are going to be critical to to the Charlotte Hornets' ability to you know find that balance on offense and defense to to get into the top ten of offense and then possibly get in the top ten of top fifteen of defense. You know, I think those are going to be the two critical pieces. And they improved in the preseason on doing that, but I'm not necessarily convinced that they can sustain that. That this particular roster can sustain that. What say you, Walker? Um, well, just with the pace, I, I was looking up the Zach Lowe league pass rankings that he does every year. And the Hornets were, I think, in the 20s. I'm trying to pull it up. Nothing Ooh. is working for me right now. It's pretty We brutal, were league pass honestly. darlings. What happened? We uh, from, oh, yeah. It's, it's gone from it, league it, pass darlings to league pass don't bother. That's correct. Um, but with the Hornets, they're like 24th or something not very impressive, <laughs> something like that. And he questions whether the pace can actually be a thing for Steve Clifford, the notorious coach that wants to slow things down, right? When Steve Clifford was the head coach here the first time, they were like number one in least amount of turnovers um, uh, that they experienced on offense. You know, they did not give up the the basketball at all, and they slowed things down. And really, it was Kimba Walker was their offense at at, at a later point in Steve Clifford's tenure. Um, certainly, when Al Jefferson was leaving, right? Like you focus solely on Kimba. So, is this something that Steve Clifford can work with here with Lamelo? You know, Lamelo himself allows you to run not having Lamelo at the beginning of the season it's going to be harder for a guy that's not necessarily used to running a transition offense without having a guy that immediately brings fast basketball anyway so how does all that look at the beginning and then in the transition yeah it's seems like there's potential for this to be real messy at the beginning as far as the execution goes especially without Lamelo. All right, my final question involves the rotation at this point. I know we're going to get we're going to get to some roster moves because they've they're they're thinning out the roster at this point, getting it ready for the regular season. A lot of lot of names have left the building or or maybe moved down to Greensboro, but some are staying. But I want to take a look at some of the preseason numbers as I pull them up here on the screen to figure out who's going to really get that last rotation spot. So, I mean, I think we can lock in Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre, uh, Gordon Hayward, Mason Plumley, and really Nick Richards, I think, has solidified <laughs> yeah. his spot within the rotation. Strangely enough, um, he he's in there. Uh, so then the question marks are J.T. Thor, Jalen McDaniels, Dennis Smith Jr., uh, Cody Martin. We'll lock in Cody Martin, too. So I would really lock go- in Jalen. I know we disagree on that, but I would lock in Jalen as a guy that's part of the rotation. Well, here's what – okay, I'm glad you said that because here's something that's interesting, right? JT Thor getting more minutes than Jalen McDaniels. Now, Jalen McDaniels has four more – I think he's got four more years of age. I don't, I don't know how many years of experience McDaniels has in the league over JT Thor. Um, but so Jalen's older, more experienced – Mm-hmm. Uh, but got JT Thor got two more minutes per game 
uh, than Jalen McDaniels in the preseason. Jalen did get some starts, uh, but he didn't they play together. all that well. I don't think he played all that well, honestly. I just don't. I don't think he made a big enough impact for somebody that was getting that opportunity. I mean, JT Thor got better as the preseason went on. You know, I like JT Thor. I like Jalen and JT Thor on the floor together, and I think Steve Clifford does too. It's why you saw that a decent amount in preseason. Two long wings, defensive minded. At least one of them has the capability of hitting threes at a pretty high rate right now with Jalen McDaniels. So I think Jalen McDaniels and JT Thor on the floor together is something I like. Um, it, it feels weird to call JT a lock. I guess I wouldn't do that. I do think Steve Clifford really likes JT Thor. So I'm with you. If you keep Jalen out that I understand, I'll put Jalen in as an eighth lock. As we were talking about Cody added was, it was a nine. Yeah. JT to me feels like he, he could be soon. He's not now, but it feels like he very well could be. You, you know, it's freaky. They're, they're similar weight similar height i think that mm -hmm. weight is distributed a little bit differently between thor <laughs> yeah. and jalen but I, like if you look at the if you just look at the raw numbers like they're very pretty similar in weight and height okay mm -hmm. and that i just want to read some preseason numbers it's getting a little freak getting close to halloween getting a little freaky in here okay both played in five games uh again the the minutes per game were pretty similar jt had them by a couple but but points per game, 6.6 .6 for JT, 5.8 for Jalen. Field goal attempts, 6.2 to 6.8 for Jalen. The percentage was 38.7% to 38.2%. Yeah, very similar. Uh, had JT had almost a three-point attempt more per game, but they both shot terribly from three in the preseason. 14% for JT Thor, 10% for Jalen McDaniels. And then you can go read the rest of the stats yourself, but rebounds, assists. Uh, I, I think Jalen had a, a steal more than Thor, but generally they, they sort of track out as the same player over the preseason. So it's going to be interesting for uh, you know, Clifford to work out what exactly he likes between the two players. Yeah, no, bo both are similar. Um, Jay, again, despite the bad percentages from Jalen, like we have sample size of, of Jalen enough now to, you know, good shooter. Last year, if you just want to go off that, especially the improvement, JT we're not too sure about yet. Um, but I like both of them. I, I, I really like both of them. And especially with the unknown more so for JT, because he's younger than everybody. Bryce yeah. McGowan's on the summer league roster, I think was the only player on that team younger than JT Thor, who's actually in his second year, right? He's older than Mark Williams or, or Mark Williams is older than JT, you know, so that it's crazy how young he is still. Well, look, I mean, Clifford obviously trusted Jalen enough uh, to, to to give him a nod in some of these lineups when there were injuries. So I, I, Jalen, I think, obviously has the inside track. The one thing Jalen McDaniels gives you that JT Thor doesn't, which probably, again, gives him the advantage here for now, is Jalen's ability to drive the basketball on offense, get to the paint. He made some tough shots. Again, missed a lot of his outside shot shooting opportunities, but... You know, that it's preseason. You kind of throw, you probably throw a lot of that away. They've seen a lot of both of these players in practice. They know what these players are capable of. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, it's a five game sample where everything's weird. 
So you throw all that away, but Jalen has that ability to drive and, and hit those tough shots. So that probably gives him the advantage. So, yeah, and then, you know, again, I think there's a big question mark with Dennis Smith Jr., Kimba Walker. What are they going to do a backup point guard? But that I think that final sort of 10-11 in the rotation, that's going to be very interesting to see how that maps out in these first couple of games. Well, and you, I know we kind of brought him up already, but you didn't mention James Booknight, and James Booknight was somebody they leaned on heavily as far as playing time goes in the preseason. But I, those yeah, were inju- it, you know, injuries had a lot to do with that, right? No Cody Martin until that final game. I guess that's true. Uh, he still played a lot. Uh, yeah, it feels weird to call him a lock. Honestly, I think what we're doing now is it's weird to call anybody a lock once you get past the the bottom five or the top five, six, because it's just they're young players and it's not like they, they, they play well. I mean, again, well. is he going to play 12 play? Maybe he does because, again, you have to understand, too, that Clifford's been talking a lot throughout this preseason, going back to training camp, even mentioned it in the last practice availability that they've had post-preseason, that this team is behind in terms Mm -hmm. of putting in details, in terms of installing the things that Clifford wants to install. Because you just, when you have a coaching change, you just don't have a lot of time in training camp anymore to to make those kinds of massive shifts, right? And so they're going to be playing catch-up probably through the first few games without their uh, lead uh, player, their star in, in LaMelo Ball. So I think that presents some that's going to present some opportunities. I wouldn't be surprised if you see 12 players out there for the first couple of games if he doesn't have that 10-man rotation. Right. Or, alternatively, you see 10 players play, and then against the Pelicans for the home opener, you see a couple of DNPs from players that played in the first game, and there's some swipping and swapping. Yeah, I I think this is going to be kind of a mad science experiment for a little bit at the beginning. And yeah. still trying to figure out the lineups, the identity of their team. And we'll see how it goes as the season goes on. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Hornets made some roster moves. Who is in, who is out of the organization, at least as it currently stands. We'll get to that in just a moment. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite favorite games and events including MLB, MMA, boxing, even golf. You can head to the betonline.net website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts. Roster moves coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Walker, sometimes you don't have to have the best package. Okay. Sometimes you just have to have the only package. If you wait, or this is uh, if my dating life uh, taught me anything, sometimes you just have to wait around long enough until you're the only thing remaining. And then suddenly, you look pretty great in comparison. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So the Hornets finalizing their roster before the season actually starts. And... They made a few, um, a few different moves, signing a couple of different players, and then immediately moving on from one of those players uh, right afterwards. So the guys that they did sign, they signed Tyshawn Alexander, and probably the biggest move that they made, and unless you consider Leangelo Ball the biggest move, um, but the inclusion here, they signed Theo Melodon. And this was somebody that was drafted in the second round, early in the second round, by Oklahoma City. 
They traded Theo to Houston. Houston decided to let Theo go after just two years, and the Hornets bring him in on a two-way contract. So Theo is somebody that actually started close to 50 games his rookie season. Now it's the Thunder who are tanking, and so it's not that hard to get a starting spot when they don't have any veteran players over there, especially the first season um, of Theo's career. But started a lot of games, you know, has not shot well from three. Uh, I, I do think it's there, right? The free throw percentage is actually very good for Theo. He shoots around 80%, got there a couple of times last year. Didn't start nearly as much as sophomore campaign. I, I do think that he's smart with the basketball. I think he makes good decisions. I, I just need the confidence to go up on his shooting. And if that can take place, then I really like Theo Melodon coming in and being this guy that they take a chance on with this final two-way contract. It would be great. Um, I, I Look, given all the options out there, Doug, given that you have Dennis Smith Jr., unguaranteed contra uh, contract still by the way so that's something we should probably focus on also but i i really like bringing theo in on a two-way deal yeah absolutely i mean it's it's uh, not a lot of risk here um probably again going going to go to green talented Bro. player yeah and and it's all about his i think it's all about his offensive game i mean it's you know yeah he just hasn't played well offensively um, so, uh, you know, he, he just has to get that, uh, get that figured out and, and maybe that gets figured out in, in the G league. And then again, there might be some opportunities via injury or via, uh, the Hornets moving this franchise in the direction of tank. And then, uh, all of a sudden Maladon, um, is, is just a guy that they, and they, they scooped him up immediately. So, you know, obviously there's some love there. Uh, but yeah, so Tyshawn Alexander, they sign him and then they wave him. And That's right. if you're confused about that, it's it's because uh, they wanted his G League rights. So you have to sign him to get the G League rights. Uh, so they, they and he's he's a familiar name. He's played in Hornets Summer League. I think he's been on the Swarm uh, previously before. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, no no big shockers here. Jalen Crutcher uh, is is waved. Xavier Sneed, Daruji Sims, Leangelo Ball. Uh, mm -hmm. were, were you shocked by that, Walker? I mean, I know it's going to disappoint a lot of our YouTube commenters, or, yeah. or at least the people who, uh, you know, just watch the show for Leangelo Ball news. Um, you know, but were you shocked that that they moved on from Leangelo? No, I we talked we've talked about this. Here's the thing that sucks when we talk about Leangelo, it's mm -hmm. the fact that my early assessment of Leangelo before he ever played one before he ever touched a basketball here in a Hornets uniform thought there's no way right like why why this is only happening because Lamelo's on the team doesn't deserve it whatsoever I will tell you the first summer league session I thought Leangelo was actually a decent amount better than I thought so you know that's that was on me like I he I was wrong like Leangelo probably deserves some G League stuff he's a good enough shooter I I don't think he's good enough to be on the active roster. I, I wouldn't give him a two-way contract. I, I wouldn't give him a, a final 15 roster spot. And, of course, everybody gets mad because there is a lot of uh, LiAngelo love out there, and that's cool. Um, but it, it makes me seem like a hater because I just don't think he should be on the active roster when I, I do think he outperformed my expectations initially. So yeah, I, I think Maladon is much more of a guy I want on that two way. I think Bryce McGowan's is somebody I would rather have on the two way after you drafted him in the second round. I they but they decided to let him go. And you know it's it's at least they have him in the organization. I do think there's value in that to have alongside Lamello, but no, I'm not surprised. Well, I think there's value in it. I mean, they they've mentioned 
previously that he's a good a good guy to have in practice, hard worker, right. uh, and, and someone you like to have around training camp is going to give you a hundred percent effort. Um, so that you know when you when you are running these scrimmages and stuff, you get a good idea of that you know intensity level, and and so there, there's that aspect to it. And also, if he does go down to the G League, there's there's still there's a draw. I mean, even in Greensboro, I'm sure there's a draw to see a ball player play in Greensboro. So there's value there. My, my question for Leangelo Ball fans would be like, do you think that this is the best situation for Leangelo Ball, and do you think there are other opportunities out in the league? Uh, because this is a tough, honestly, this is a tough situation for Leangelo Ball being in Charlotte because they have so many draft picks at this point that they are trying to get solid looks at. Like there, there are other teams in the league that he could be playing for uh, theoretically that would give him more opportunities to play. Because look, in the preseason, he only got you know a couple of small opportunities. He comes in, he hoists up a couple of shots. Those shots don't go in, and and you might see that as unfair. But on the flip side. They've got a ton of young players that they've drafted that they are actually contractually invested in that they had to take a look at for extended periods of time. And so if if Leangelo is not here just because his brother is here and there are other opportunities in the league for him to go and, and feature himself in these preseason outings, then honestly, next season, I think he should pursue those <laughs> because, mm. you know, the, this this Hornets team is they're going to continue to look at these young players. And I don't know if this is the best opportunity for Leangelo to showcase his talents. Yeah, he works hard. Seems like a good dude. And so you pull for those guys. And that, you know, I don't I don't take joy in like saying, no, I don't I don't I'm not surprised here. But, yeah, hopefully he's able to find something that, that works for him and works for the team that signs him. Um Last thing we'll finish up here with, Doug, a pretty important date coming up tomorrow. It's the mm-hmm. fact that. P.J. Washington and a possible contract extension, that deadline is up tomorrow. If it does not take place, I'm sure I don't know what the actual time is, right? If it's five like o'clock. 4 p.m. Is it 5? Okay, there, there you go. So 5 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Once you get to 5.01, no longer are you having a chance at a P.J. Washington contract extension. We did get one of those deals with Brandon Clark with the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Seemed extremely fair. I think it was $13 million annually, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, four, so, yeah, four years, 52. And, and you'd think love that Mason that's... Love Mason Clark, yeah. Right, love Clark. And, and, the, and the, they kind of, I think, that that deal seems fair for Clark. And here's what you have to understand, too, about that deal, is the TV money is about to explode the league's Correct. cap again. So that $13 million is going to look like pennies. Similar to what happened when, they, when the Hornets signed Kimball Walker way back in the day is you know the the cap went up and all of a sudden all these deals that they had made around that time looked uh, incredibly valuable. So yeah, I mean there's there's value in the Hornets doing the same thing with PJ Washington. If they could lock him up for 13 or even 13 and a half, 14, that deal is going to look so much better as the years go on. Here's the problem, Walker. Right. Yeah. If you I... sign PJ Washington right now, you lose his value in the trade market as suddenly he becomes much more difficult to trade. So you lose all of that flexibility. If you do actually want to go out there and tank, we've talked a lot about moving Terry and Gordon. That's the hard part. Moving PJ to get back picks would be super easy. If the, the, if you don't extend them because those extra years are not going to be as enticing to other teams. Yeah. I, I think, PJ would still be pretty valuable. I, I I think the contract, you know, 
what I thought you were going to say was with this TV contract that it's it looks great for Memphis, as you were discussing, right? Yeah, who cares at $13 million for Brandon Clark, who was a good player in this league, certainly a, a really good rotational guy. Problem is the agents know that too. So P.J. Washington's agent is going to be asking for more because of the spike that you're going to get. And that's when, it, okay, if, if P.J. is a much better three-point shooter in a NBA day and age where you have – so much value in that right where pj can play small ball five. Oh, and that guy is embracing defense you know part of this is probably our evaluation in pj i'm probably higher on him but i think whatever contract you want to give to him whether it's i don't know where you, you probably like i was probably starting around 15 like that that being the neighborhood and then you know who knows how much it could go up from there but the co the agent is going to see the spike too i i yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I do think he still has value if you go to the median contract number discussed, whatever that is. Uh, really quick, uh, just prediction. Uh, people may be listening to this after 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern, but, uh, mm. but you know, your prediction, do you think they actually do a deal? No, I don't. I don't either. I, I, I don't, th I don't yeah. think it happens. I, I think they're going to roll the dice and leave that opportunity for P.J. Washington be a slight. And I agree. I mean, I think he's still tradable, if he especially if he plays well, if he plays to the contract level, right. then all of a sudden. But I think they'd rather just leave him in a contract year essentially um and and then give and then give that flexibility to the team to make him even more tradable the other yeah. the other aspect is dennis smith jr unguaranteed contract do you expect them to guarantee that contract for the next season or uh do you think they uh, look at maybe uh kimball walker reunion uh, I, I think Dennis Smith Jr. is probably the guy. It doesn't seem like the Hornets have interest in Kemba right now. I think they, they could have easily had that done. Um, ha had he actually been waived? Has he been waived officially yet? No, I think they're still working on it, but that's the oh, deadline, too. you got to yeah, wave. Right. So, okay, so I know that Shams put that out there, I believe, on Friday when we were doing the show. And they can pick Kimba Walker up after yeah. this deadline. Right. I mean, you can do that. Um, so, it's just, you know, you got to get these contracts figured out. Yeah. So anyways, and maybe we can have a PJ Washington segment again tomorrow to kind of figure out if they should have or if they did the right thing by allowing PJ Washington to go past that deadline without a contract extension. That'll do it for Lockdown Hornets. Appreciate you guys so much for making us your first listen every single day. We'll be back to get you ready for the season tomorrow. Make your second listen. Lockdown NBA, you can get up to date on all the latest news and rumors in the association with just 30 minutes every day. Lockdown NBA, again, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.